Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you ever had someone say to you, God will never give you more than you can handle? Oftentimes, it's definitely not the best thing to say when someone is struggling. But what does the phrase really mean when it comes to the day-to-day struggles? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will address that very question. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 13th, 2023. So we'll get started, and by way of a disclaimer, please know that this title was decided on and designed before the Maui fires. Maybe prophetic in more ways than one, but as I sought the Lord, as I always do every week, concerning these weekly prophecy updates, I sense that the Lord today, for the update, would have us revisit a well-known verse in Scripture and take another look at it. But this time through the lens of Bible prophecy, and the verse that I'm speaking of is 1 Corinthians 10.13. I would encourage you to turn there in your Bibles at this time. We'll get to it in just a moment. But first I need to provide a little bit in the way of context. Doubtless you've heard it said, or you yourself have said, I know I've said it, uh, something to the effect of, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, if you're on the receiving end of that, when a well-intentioned brother and sister in Christ says something like that, and you're going through the trial of your life, well, I'm just going to leave it at that, because <laughs> sometimes it, 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 it's just, maybe it's just not the right time, or maybe it's the right thing, but in the wrong way, because if you're anything like me, I don't really warm up to that right at that time when someone says that to me. Why? Because it sure doesn't seem like this is true. (laughs) I'm pretty overwhelmed right now. Oh, but God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, I don't know. This this might be the exception. (laughs) Imagine that. You're the exception to the promise in God's Word. You're You're the one case of all 
mankind throughout human history for which this promise does not apply. Does that make sense? I know I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but it's a sanctified sarcasm, and there's a reason for it, because this saying of, well, God won't give you more than you can handle, comes from 1 Corinthians 10.13. And it's usually framed in the context of being in a fiery trial. And while it is true that God won't give us more than we can handle, there is so much more to this promise. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. Namely, that of how in and through the intensifying fiery trials of life in this the last hour, and the intensifying of fiery trials in our lives in this, the last hour, are intensifying seemingly with each passing hour. God is faithful, and God will provide us our only way out as a way of escape. What is our only way out? Our only way out of this evil world is at the trumpet sound when Jesus will take us out of this world in the pre-tribulation rapture. Oh, there he goes again. Now, This, of course, presupposes as Christians, we know that the devil knows he has but a short time and is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy, knowing that Jesus is our only way of escape. And this is why it is that the heat is being turned up, if you will. And that's a good thing, because the turning up of the heat in this last hour has the much needed effect of making us want to get out of this world, having long overstayed our welcome in this world, not our home. Are you at 1 Corinthians 10.13? Can you follow along as I read it? The Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Corinth by the Holy Spirit, and he says, no temptation. Now stop right there, because that word temptation in the original language of the Greek New Testament is the same word translated for trial. Now you'll forgive my Greek pronunciation, but it's the word philipsis, and it carries with it the idea of a crushing weight. And, and this is what they would do, by the way. They would, they would take in their torturing of people crush them by putting this weight on them, on their chest, so that when they would exhale, 
And then inhale. They could not let that air out and it would crush them to death. So temptation or trial is the same word. And I'm going to also, no extra charge (laughs) on this one, bring up the word tribulation. Interesting word. Comes from the original root tribute, which was how they would take these, these heavy logs and roll them over people and crush them to death. How are we doing so far? <laughs> are we off to a horrifying start? Well, that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. He's talking about Philipsis tribute, this crushing weight that is crushing you. And he says it has no crushing weight has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And then notice these two words, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted, tried, tested, philipsis, crushed beyond what you are able, but, listen, with the trial, temptation, crushing, will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Wow, what a promise. I want to draw your attention to three encouraging truths that are wrapped up in this one powerful and even prophetic promise and how they apply to us today. First, notice the trials that overwhelm all of us are common to all of us. I think about what we just studied in Peter. Think it not strange. Don't don't think that it's strange that you're going through this fiery trial. It's common. But God, those two words change everything, is faithful to not allow that crushing trial to go beyond that which He knows you and I are able to bear up under. Now it may not seem like it, because when you're going through it, you're thinking, this is it. I'm not making it out of this one. I'm being crushed under the weight of this one. But I'm promised here that God knows where that point is, and He's not going to allow it to get to that point where it's beyond what I'm able to bear up under. Second, and this is, they're all important, but please don't miss this. It is so important. Notice He says it's in and through the trial, the crushing. I wish it wasn't. I don't, I don't like the word through. I, I like the word out better. 
No, no. God is going to get you through it. Actually, I want God to get me out of it. No, God will get you out of it, but he has to get you through it. But it's in and through the trial, the crushing, that God will also provide a way out when it reaches the point where we think we can't go on. And it's different for all of us. He knows where that breaking point is. He's not going to allow us to go past the point of no return, if you will. He knows you're being crushed. This is a philipsis in every sense of the word. I mean, you're just gasping for breath. You're being crushed under the weight of this thing. And God knows. But in and through that crushing, in and through that trial, God is promising you, and God cannot, this is not proper sentence structure, of course none of my sentence structures are proper, but God can't not not keep a promise. Can I try that again? Why not? God's given you His Word. He's not going to go back on His Word. This is His Word to you, His promise to you. He will not allow you to be overcome and crushed. It will be in and through the crushing that God's going to get you out of it. And He is going to do it in His time, in His way, and for His glory. Yeah, but it's really hard. He knows. And this brings me to the third one, and perhaps most importantly, it's at that point. You know what I'm talking about? The point where you're just at the end of yourself, which by the way is the best place to be, when you're pushed past all of your resources. Everything you throw at this thing, everything you try to do about this thing, everything you try to figure out about this thing or work out about this thing is met with total failure. And you come to the end of yourself and you throw up your hands and you say, God, I can't go on. And that's when God rushes in. And He not only makes it so that you can bear up under it, but He makes it so that you have a way out of it. When that time comes, and God knows when that time is, and His timing is always perfect because God is the God of time and God is perfect. See, our problem is, is that we want God to do it now, in our time. But God says, no, I'm going to do it my way, in my time. God is never late. It seems like it sometimes, doesn't it? But He's never early either. His timing is always perfect and He will provide that way of escape, getting us out, 
when that time comes. Now, for those asking, (laughs) how does this apply to Bible prophecy? Let me simply say, you and I are going to be able to bear up under whatever it is that we're going through right now. And the Lord knows what you're going through. The Lord knows what you brought to church with you today. He knows how hard it is for you. He knows you're hurting. He knows you're struggling. He knows you're being crushed. But He's going to make it so that you're able to bear up under whatever it is until He takes us out of this world. What are you going through right now? Well, He's going to get you through until He takes us out of this world, which is any time now. Think about that for a second. Why wouldn't He? I mean, we're trusting God when that trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We're trusting God for that, but we're, we're not trusting Him to get us to that point. I mean, again, you'll, for, you'll forgive the silliness with which I illustrate the absurdity of this, but God has promised us that we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, that presupposes that He will have had to get us through whatever we were going through until the trumpet sounds in order to catch us up. Oh, the trumpet sounds. Where's J.D.? Oh, he didn't make it to the, he didn't, he wasn't able to bear up under what he was going through until you took him out of this world. Doesn't make sense, right? He's going to get you through and to that time when He takes us out of this world, which is any time now. And you're going to make it. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know everything around you in your life, the circumstances are so perplexing and and troubling and crushing and contradicting of everything that God has promised you. But God has the final word, not your circumstances or your child. So we have a problem, (laughs) and it needs to be addressed before we go any further, and it has to do with those who, for whatever reason, aren't currently experiencing a time of affliction and adversity. Please know there's nothing wrong with being in a time of prosperity where God seems to be blessing you and prospering you. Just rejoice in it and praise the Lord for it. Don't tell us about it, though, that are going through. <laughs> that's, that's bad timing, actually, is what I'm saying. So if that's you, praise the Lord. However, when, not if, adversity strikes, and adversity will strike, sooner rather than later, we would all do well to stop and consider. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. You can join me there if you want. We're going to be in chapter 7 for 
a moment or two here. It's a very interesting verse in our Bibles. Solomon, inspired by the Spirit, writes, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. Praise the Lord. Rejoice. But in the day of adversity, keyword, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. Some of your translations render it, so that man can discover nothing about his future. In other words, God packages prosperity with adversity. So you're in a time of prosperity, God's blessing you, you're not in a time of adversity, praise the Lord. But it's a package deal, because God packages the two together. He has appointed the one as well as the other. He packages the prosperity with the adversity, and the adversity with the prosperity. Why? Oh, so that we have to always look to Him, rely on Him, trust in Him, concerning the future, because you know how it is, right? When things are going good, cool. What's your prayer life like when everything's going well? How about when adversity strikes? Oh, now we're talking. Can I draw your attention to earlier in Ecclesiastes chapter 7? I want to begin reading in verse 2, and if it seems like you're at a memorial service, it's because I'm going to take you to a memorial service for just a moment, if you don't mind. Listen to what Solomon writes. Again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he says, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Is that backwards? I wish it was. Now he's going to explain why. Why is it better, Solomon, to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting? Why is it better to go to a funeral than it is to go to a party? Because death is the destiny of every man, and the living should take this to heart. And then it gets worse in verse 3. Sorrow is better than laughter. What a killjoy. Why is that, Solomon? Because a sad face is good for the heart. Why is a sad face good for the heart? Verse 4, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of the fool is in the house of pleasure. What? Hang in there with me. When you're at a party, you're celebrating, you're feasting, you're just having a great time. What is the furthest thing from your mind? Your eternal destiny? We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.